0: You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo.
1: Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm eager and excited to chat with Michael Heward. Michael is the content marketing manager at Iterable. It's a growth marketing company, and they do business with a lot of cool brands. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here. Good, good stuff. Well, I know uh, we're all dealing with the uh, COVID-19 situation and you're out in sunny California in the Northern area. So uh, let's give people a little perspective about you, your background, how you got to where you are and what you're up to at the moment.
0: Sure, yeah. My background is kind of all throughout content marketing. Um, I work in a lot of multimedia projects Uh, especially at Iterable. I'm working a lot on video and photography, but also a lot of uh, research reports. Um, Recently, I published a report that looked into the mobile marketing practices of 30 different companies um, across six different industries. Uh, We wanted to look at kind of the the lifestyle. So we looked at um, dating and running and uh, restaurants and eating and then some retail as well. And obviously, Nowadays it's a little bit different, but um, when we did the research, it was very interesting to see exactly how these companies were using
1: mobile marketing. And with that sort of data that you collect, that they they do with mobile marketing, do you see a lot of crossover? So is that what they do? They try to connect the dots. So this person's a runner and they're eating more healthy. I mean, did they do that? Uh, in in
0: some ways, it would depend on the use case. Um, the 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 connection that we were trying to find was more through how are they using our mobile behavior? What we would do or what I would do is go through and actually download the app, um, create an account, and then interact over the course of three weeks. Um, Whether that was favoriting an item or going for a run or swiping right on uh, certain profiles. It really depended on the industry that we were looking at. Um, Mm -hmm. But the point was to see if Our mobile behavior was being put into their broader campaigns, whether we were getting push notifications or an app or even emails, if they were going cross-channel and actually sending us an email that was like, hey, we saw you, Uh, we're trying to purchase this item on our app. Um, Here's here's a link to it to buy it on desktop, that kind of thing. Um, It was really just an an opportunity to see how the cross-channel experience was being used and it was um, impacting the customer journey.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool, so I generally start off most of the um, most of the interviews and the conversations with the first question, and that is, what does customer loyalty mean to you as a consumer Michael
0: mm-hmm. as a consumer, I would definitely say loyalty to me. loyalty to me is like is all about trust. Um, I trust that the brands I'm interacting with are one telling me the truth and two giving me. A product that i'm going to enjoy and it's going to benefit me in some way and then once i actually buy i trust that they're going to continue with that authenticity um, and make sure that all of our experiences and their actions are going to benefit me as the consumer um, but also In a different way, I think lately empathy has been a big uh, part of marketing. And for me, that's kind of important. I want the brands that I interact with to kind of share the same values that I do. Um, And they don't necessarily need to express it, but I want them to at least um, touch on it in a way that makes me feel comfortable buying from them and continuing to use their products.
1: Yeah. I read an article on Loyalty 360, which is kind of like the Bible of the loyalty space, um, brand loyalty, customer loyalty. And they did say exactly that, that in recent times, specifically now with COVID-19 shutdowns and stuff, that people want to make sure that the brands they do business with are doing social good behind the scenes. And they don't have to physically express it, but it's kind of part of their corporate culture. And it really resonates with people today more so than anything else. So that's beyond points and uh, you know, incentives and offers and cash back and things like that, those are all great. Uh, and those are kind of gauges to see from the marketer's perspective or the brand's perspective, how active is your interaction with us? And then we can see that and we can gauge it right there in the numbers because the numbers show how much you do with us and stuff like that. So it's, it's fascinating. But I know that um, a lot of brands specifically now uh, are struggling with it. Even though it, it seems common sense, a lot of brands are struggling with that, that exact thing. So uh, let's flip the tables, Michael, and, and turn the tables and put you behind the scenes. And you work with a lot of big name customer, uh, you know, clients that have customers who are loyal to that brand. And what sort of things do you think that uh, they're doing that make their brands more attractive? And uh, you know, to their end users
0: yeah, there's a number of ways to to build that kind of loyalty, um, and we've seen We've seen it really happen through personalization. I think that's something that every marketer is touching into, and everyone's talking about um, but there's there's just so many ways to do it, and it's really about fine tuning it to whatever your certain use case is. Um, I saw it in the report from the running apps. They really wanted to personalize it to let you build your own challenges. A lot of times, at least previously that I've seen in running apps um, that I've used, it's a lot about, hey, we have a coach. Why don't you use that? I've seen that it's really moved on to, okay, let let the user control that. Let the consumer control that. And you can build that by creating your own challenge and building your own platform or not platform programming, Mm -hmm. um, to build out a better system for you. So I think it's really about letting the user drive the journey, uh, rather than you trying to direct them in certain ways. You could do that in some ways. Um, we saw that with like in-app most messaging, you can kind of direct them and tell them what features they should take a look at, but really it's about letting the user control it, find what, um, find where they're going, follow their behavior, and then tailor your messaging to that rather than the inverse. Cause it's really, it's about their experience more than what you think
1: should be their experience. I think you're spot on and it sounds plausible. It sounds easy, so to say, uh, or or logical, but for, for some of the listeners out there that may have an app already that's out there and don't have that sort of, um, Thought process or ability to even do that. I mean, is that is that a technical thing in the back end? Where so is that what Iterable does? Yeah,
0: it's definitely what Iterable does. We 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 find a way to make sure that you have no data silos in the background. Um, a lot of the times that what will happen is someone that will like I would do something on mobile and then I would get an email saying, "Hey, download the app," and it's like I already did that. 15 days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought you would know that. So it's one of those things where you you got to break down the data silos. If you're, all of your data is in one spot, it's easier to attribute or to like find the attribution of where the ROI is. Um, you can find out that, okay, push is doing really well for us. Let's try to get some more um, personalis- per- personalization into that push messaging versus no, just kind of sending it out blind or having one email team working on one uh, pathway while the mobile team is working on another one. It's about a cohesive experience in the back end for you and having data in one spot that makes it easier to see um, the complete user profile. You want to know exactly what your users are doing at all times. Uh, It sounds creepy, but it doesn't have to be. You can make it a way that uh, works best for everyone.
1: Um, But as long as it's all in one spot, you're not missing anything. I completely agree. I mean, two, two points you mentioned there, the, the creepiness, uh, you know, it is a little bit weird. Um, and I mentioned it in a previous episode where like I had bought a table in the backyard uh, for the backyard and I was looking at some and then I went to another page and I got distracted with work as always is the case. And then I came back and I saw it on like another page and another page. So it was the retargeting. I get that. But then I saw something that was pretty cool. I saw a retargeting. After I had purchased it, and I don't know if it knew that I purchased it because I didn't really purchase it online. I actually went to the store to, and, and bought it, but it asked me, did you already buy this item? And, I, and it was a little drop down in the, you know, kind of like where it said, I don't think it was AdSense. I forget what it was. I hit it and I said, yes. And then I don't see that anymore, which I thought was really cool, but that I, must have been I at, seen that before. Ad deliverable level. But anyway- the other thing that you mentioned, though, that I was curious about is, so Iterable does the um, platform building. Do you do the actual work of communicating with the end users on behalf of your clients?
0: No, we don't. So the, that, the process is um, for Iterable, it goes that we provide the platform for them to build their campaigns in. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to communicate, um, we have a workflow editor that allows them to uh, say, here's the trigger point of, uh, Michael downloaded an app. And then it send them, or it can send me a push two or three days later. Uh, maybe that, uh, there was a yes or no that comes off of that. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe they, maybe I didn't push the uh, notification. So it'll send me an email. It, it, it's basically building off of whatever information you're able to collect and then create a campaign on whatever channel you want and whatever frequency, uh, we also have stuff like send time optimization because we know that sometimes you're just not going to open an email if you get it at two in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, I noticed that last year I did a report on news media and I uh, subscribed to 30 news media publications and three newsletters for each one. And I was getting these emails at just the worst hours for me to possibly read it. So I'd wake up and the newsletter was already 20 emails down. I didn't see it. So the open rate is obviously going to drop and the click-through rate is going to drop even further. Um, so those are the sorts of ways that we can help our, our customers uh, optimize their customer experience for their own consumers and customers.
1: Yeah. yeah. I saw an interesting thing on HubSpot. This is probably six months ago and I've known it probably for the last two and a half years in my other business that I do is that Tuesday mornings between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in that person's local time is the best time to get an open in an email. I'm not sure exactly why. I guess maybe it's past Monday, right? You've got the the weekend's worth of nonsense you have to get through. And then Tuesday you're like, all right, let's look for something fresh. So between uh, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. when it gets into somebody's email box, the open rate is Well, for me, it went went up uh, almost 30% for me, which was good. And, uh, you know, so I share that with people so they can kind of leverage it. But to dovetail back into customer loyalty and brand loyalty, which again, I think part of what it sounds like you guys do at Iterable is create that base of allowing your clients who are leveraging your platform to communicate with their customers in such a way that it creates that personalization. And at the top of the show, you mentioned that's really what drives Michael in terms of being loyal to a brand, right? So that that makes perfect sense. And and that, you know, I like that. So let me ask you this. As a a marketing professional, can you share some of the pain points that you have when it comes to creating that interaction with your customers, your clients, let's say, and how they're going to use it to build loyalty? sure so from
0: my perspective of talking to my customers yeah uh yeah so i think for me the biggest pain point uh is, is i'm a marketer marketing to marketers <laughs> and so we, we ever what we all know the tricks and we know what's going to be um a lie or what's it just kind of fluff and a buzzword so if, for me per, like for my personal role as a content marketer i have to make sure that i'm providing value and i think that's something that every marketer can empathize with, we're trying to provide value to our customers um, and make sure that it it, it makes sense and it is actionable. Um, and so that's what we kind of try to pass on to our customers in their journeys um, using iterable is that we want them to make sure that they understand the customer wants the va- wants value. And the best way to do that is by making sure that everything's tailored to their experience and what they're what they're looking for
1: yeah so to elaborate on that point then when you're dealing with a client and you're saying what you know works they need to be able to see it how does it deliver value to me as the your client to interact with my end users in such a way that again it's going to bolster my brand's appeal to my clients because that's the end game really so you're, you're you're kind of like b to b to c because you build it at least in my mind for the end user and to make it easier for your client to interact with their users.
0: Exactly, you're you're spot on. It's B2B to C. Uh we want we we internally talk about how we connect people with products that bring them joy by we we help uh our clients have a a better connection with their customers. Um, and so it's really in, in order to do that, we have to have a good connection with our customers, obviously. Um, like we have a, we have a stellar professional services team that makes sure, um, to show every in and out of the product as well as in and out of the industry and what they could possibly try with different channels and different messaging. Um, and as you, as you talk about with different loyalty programs and different possibilities of, um, enhancing that experience for the user it, yeah. it's really um oops
1: I got a thunderstorm here my dogs are going nuts sorry about that oh, no it's <laughs> fine I, I would be too probably
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> um yeah.
1: yeah i i i wanted to just uh, kind of touch on we don't you know what the, the show is really about loyalty but yeah. loyalty in my mind at least goes way beyond points and rewards and things like that and as we touched on it's uh each individual's interaction with that brand. And we talked about Southwest. I'm a Southwest guy. You know, I go to Shell's Fuel Oil, um, fuel rewards in order to earn rewards to get you know, discounts on gas, but it's things that I'm going to do anyway. You know, So it, it's not really changing someone's behavior, I think, but it's kind of adapting to their behavior to give them the most value of still interacting with your brand. That's the way I think about it. Anyway,
0: exactly. And I think we've seen a lot of companies do that recently. Um, I, one of the things I did was look at uh, some of the industries that were in the remote report that I did and saw how they changed their messaging after COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the companies actually stepped up and just spoke honestly and were just like, Hey, look, we're in this situation too. Um, but here's how you can, how, here's what we've done to make it a little bit easier on you to use it. Uh, one of the examples is the dating services that I actually made a profile for and and did the research as an actual person looking for a date. Um, but I've noticed that recently they've been like, "Hey, Can if it did it work? did it work? No, no, it didn't work. <laughs> but maybe for the next report, I'll I'll give it a try again. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the they under COVID, a lot of the companies have been enforcing the shelter in place they've been hey you can't meet in person but we're hosting this uh virtual event that you might be able to come and meet some people or hey, there's been they've been providing resource guides of how to like better um get better conversations going via apps and or via conversation or text um or they've been facilitating zoom uh dates it's it's really just they've pivoted completely and a very pers- in-person industry to make it easier for the users it's, it's really cool to see
1: that's another great point you know again to talk about building brand loyalty and and brand trust is the adaptation to the current situation whatever it may be because you know there'll be something beyond COVID 19 in the path in the future just like the in 2008 when we had the financial crisis you know the world seemed like falling falling apart but those companies that adapted and adjusted are still with us. And the ones that didn't went by the wayside. So I think that's going to be the same, the same instance here. If you can keep your customers through the most trying times, that's loyalty, you know? So um, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you what sort of actionable advice could you give our listeners today that they could do right now that would increase or attract more customers and help them retain those customers?
0: yeah today i think ever as i just mentioned everyone's going through kind of the same thing um it just it's a matter of how it's affecting your business and i'd say don't be afraid that's the biggest actionable advice i can give right now Uh, we looked at some of the the messages that our customers sent between february and april and email volume increased but so did open rates and clicks and uh, even purchases grew, and interactions with these channels have grown. People are available now, so don 't be afraid to send a message out like it 's not going it's it 's not, it's not going to bother them right now like, they 're they 're going to be available and they 'll want to see it um, but I think even beyond that it 's just find a way to have a one source of truth for your data that 's that 's probably the biggest thing in the long term like the the first thing is definitely just for the uh, specific situation. But long-term, it's all about keeping your data at one spot so that you know what's coming in, what's going out, um, who's interacting with what, and how you can use it. It gives you a full view of everything, and that just makes your life so much easier when you're trying to personalize. Uh, If you're looking at a customer profile and you're only seeing three out of five things, or if your data is disappearing after a month, Due to like server issues, it it just your chance of creating a long-term relationship is really, really going to drop because, as we all know, like lifetime value is going to be the most important thing. Um, You want to retain these customers, so I think keeping your data in one spot, breaking down those silos, that's probably the the biggest piece for a long-term success.
1: Yeah, and then to add to that, I think leveraging the data. So, you know, it sounds easy, that someone has all their data in one spot, but I think what you're saying also at Iterable is, is to show them step by step, if this person does this, then you're better off saying this to that person, and you create the sort of tree, and this is, machine learning is doing it now infinitely with the uh, sort of bot, chat, chat bots now that are prevalent everywhere. And I see some of them that are great and some of them really stink, you know, where and I, don't, I can't think of the specific names, but one of them was just outstanding. It took me through and I knew it was a machine that it was talking to me, but it took me through and I, I think it really analyzed what I was saying. It picked out the keywords, but understood, interpreted what I said. Um, and maybe the, I don't want to say the vernacular that I use, but it understood what I was asking. You know, and Google has obviously gotten way better at that in normal search results than it had in, in years past, but it's all good stuff. But I could talk about this stuff forever, but I know, uh, you know, my the attention span of the average listener is 20, 20 25 minutes. So uh, we're going to wrap it up now. But what I want to do also is is if the listeners want to get a hold of you, Michael, what would be the best way to do that? The uh, best way to get a hold of me is LinkedIn uh, and just.
0: Yeah. LinkedIn is the best way. Michael Heward. Um, pretty easy to find, uh, just look for content marketing at iterable and I'll be there and I'm happy to talk about any of this stuff. Uh, just like you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great stuff. All right. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I want to thank you for, for being on the program. I appreciate it. I want to thank our loyal listeners for investing some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you received value from the show, we would definitely appreciate it. A five-star review on your favorite listening podcast streaming service. And if you know someone else who might value listening to this podcast, please do share. Uh, do share. That's how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy and stay safe.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of The Loyalty Minute.